0: Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles, and 49ers all punch their ticket to the conference championship round. And now it's time for the Pick'em Show. It's time for the conference championship Pick'em Show. Not the ASMR pick 'em show.
1: <laughs> not this time.
0: You don't want to hear. Oops.
1: Someone you, maybe does.
0: Well, maybe, yeah. Okay, we're not going to do that, though. No. I did punch the microphone on accident. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not here to rehash all of that stuff that went down last weekend uh because the bills you know they got more or less one-sidedly beat i mean the game was 27-10 so yeah. 17 point win that's it's pretty one-sided i mean it was 17-10 at one point so like it was close but it kind of was not close and then the 49ers cowboys game was close until the moment that it wasn't and the niners kind of just stretched it out uh towards the end of the game had control won, um, and moved on and now we're in the conference title game uh, as I did my previews actually my end of season power ranking so before the wild card round of the playoffs I had my top five teams and I said any of the top five teams are capable of legitimately winning the Super Bowl and four of those teams are in the conference title game, and my team was eliminated. So, uh, yeah, I I thought that the Niners, Eagles, Bengals, and Chiefs are all capable of winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Maybe some more than others, but I thought, you know, these were all going to be the teams in the final conversation, at least to some degree. One of them was bound to uh, not make it just because an odd number is not gonna make it this far, but here we are. And there's no games on Saturday. So finally a reprieve. And then next week there's no football. Well, there's the Pro Bowl, but that doesn't count. I'm gonna go play golf instead. Um So we're at an interesting period where I've been waiting for football to slow down a little bit just to have more time to do other things, and it's just, it's felt like a really long season, and especially as a Bills fan, I felt like every week was, like, something with all the injuries and... Drama. All the drama, and now there's off-season drama. Like, the season's been over for a week, and it's all about what's going on with certain players and their yes. off-the-field uh, personal lives and
1: conspiracy
0: theories. Conspiracy <laughs> theories, right? Like, it just, it it never stops. Um, so, I'm glad to be, like, unplugged from that to an extent, because it's just too much. I mean, like, seriously, I, there's a long off-season to go, but the season's not even over yet. I want the, the team to be able to have these few weeks to just, like, chill, get healthy, figure out what happened without the fans necessarily being, like, well, this is happening or this is happening and this is going on off the field these guys should be fired etc etc so it's like just let the season end before we get into any of that stuff um but no i mean i guess like you gotta have something to talk about but i'm happy to have been scaled out of that a little bit so we got two games on deck this is gonna be a short show um so why don't we dive right into it Welcome back to the show Miss Kristen
1: <laughs> Thank you Mr. Nick
0: <laughs> Mr. Nick I think It's better than Mr. Moisty <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it is.
1: Yeah, is We'll leave the other names Off air
0: Yeah we'll do that um, <laughs> Alright what's the first game
1: um, Niners Eagles
0: San Francisco 49ers 13-4 on the season, picked up a couple of wins in the playoffs. Eagles looked like that bye week did them good as they came out and uh, manhandled the Giants. I didn't even mention that game in the intro. I probably have to go back and do the intro over again. <laughs> Maybe I'll just leave out all the results of those games, but... They, it was 38-7. I mean, it was utter domination, and I really liked the Giants, and honestly, they, it's like, that's a game where they're bringing a knife to a gunfight. Just because the Eagles are better on offense, they're better on defense, they're deeper at their skill positions, and the Giants' best chance was them not being healthy. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts, I think he only threw for like maybe 100-something, maybe 200, but... uh just efficient. They ran the ball, played defense, and it just the Giants were not a bad team. But like that was as far as they were going to be able to go with what they currently have injury wise. So they're going to get better. Um, they're going to be interesting to watch next season. I'm happy for Brian Babel. He does deserve to be in the conversation for coach of the year. I don't know that he'll get it. I think Sean McDermott, for what he did with the Bills, considering everything they went through, deserves it more than he does, but you never know. So, heading into this game, it's Brock Purdy's season for the 49ers. Um, I don't know if Jimmy would be ready anyway, but Purdy has looked good. It's his job to lose at this point, so they're riding with him. It's probably gonna be in their best interest if Jimmy's available to have him ready because the Eagles defense is fast. They are mean, they are experienced. I mean, Fletcher Cox and uh, Brandon Graham have been with that team, I think, since their last championship. So, you know, they've got two core pieces of a team that knows how to win a championship of a defense that knows how to win a championship. So those are some scary things to face even if you are a good 49ers team, which the 49ers are, to be fair. Uh, they were one of the scariest teams to me because of more or less their uh, efficiency. They, they tend to score more often than not on their drive. Sometimes they only get a field goal, but they put points on the board. They put pressure on you on defense, and they just are kind of relentless, um, and their, their game is very fundamentally sound. Like They don't turn the ball over a lot, which they're going to need against the eagles because the eagles are very similar good defense good run game Um, young quarterback but uh hurts is more of a dual threat both these teams are mostly pretty healthy other than the garoppolo injury you've got like mccaffrey who didn't practice did not practice elijah mitchell didn't practice and is questionable um so you have a lot of guys sitting out with like unspecified stuff but i think it's more just like we're in the playoffs. We're gonna rest, and then we're gonna have like a, one serious practice at the end of the week where we get prepared, and then you know, time to time to go to war. So full speed ahead. Exactly. This is a tough game to call, though. I mean, you know, the Eagles earned their thirteen and one record at the time, and they ended up being tied with the Chiefs for best record in the league, but. You know, if Jalen Hurst doesn't get hurt, there they could go fifteen and one or four, fourteen and excuse me, sixteen and one or fifteen and two, and you know they kind of fell to fourteen and three on a couple of games where Garner Minshew was starting. I, I don't know how to pick this game to be honest. Over or under a forty six. I am going to say over because even though it is defensive, both of these teams have good offenses. There is a lot on the line, um, and I think both of these coaches are going to find a way. So now you've got a Shanahan who's a much more experienced coach than Sirianni. The Eagles are kind of like the Bills of a couple of years ago where they just all of a sudden went from being like mediocre to uh, one of the best records in football. And like you have to learn to be good for a long period of time, but I think really the emphasis is more on whether or not their offense will be able to deal with the 49ers defense, whereas I think we already know the Niners offense will come ready to deal with the Eagles defense and it's going to be more about who shuts down whose game plan. And so you would have to think that the Eagles are going to take a particular exception to a rookie quarterback coming into Philadelphia, trying to knock them out of the playoffs. And like I said, those uh, aforementioned veterans that are all over that defense I think that's what really makes Philly's defense good and scary is that they have so many good quality veterans on that team. Like the 49ers are definitely a front seven specialty kind of defense. It's not that their secondary is bad or anything, um, but their secondary is aided greatly by Joey Bosa and that pass rush and the speed of their linebackers. Like we watched that play in the game. uh, Was it last week? where it was Fred Warner just turned around in a dead sprint and ran down CeeDee Lamb right in the middle of the field. And I was like so jealous of like, man, I wish the Bills linebackers could have coverage like that because they give up third and longs all the time. Um, So to have a linebacker with like that ridiculous kind of speed to go match the number one receiver on the other team and break up that pass, like that's a scary kind of speed. Um, and when those guys get to play downhill, it's really hard to get going against them. So you have to trick them and you have to you have to get them to overcommit because they're so aggressive. And the Eagles have a nice, diverse approach where Jalen Hurts might be able to take advantage of that. But there's a lot of pressure on both sides of this. Um, if I had to pick, I think I'd probably still pick the 49ers because uh, they've won like 10 games in a row or something crazy like that. And that's nearly impossible to do in the NFL. Uh, And just, I lean towards him at the end of the season. Like, the football I was watching, like, I was like, the Bills were on a winning streak, the Bengals were on a winning streak, Um, and we saw the Eagles falter a little bit and not look their best. But the Niners have found ways to win, and I think the coaching advantage is going to be big in this game. As long as Shanahan doesn't make, like, a critical mistake trying to do something too cute... Uh, they should be in a good position. Philadelphia might be a little bit deeper at running back, especially with Eliza Mitchell hurt. So if they can control the pace and make it a possession-for-possession game, it's going to be super interesting. Philly's favored by 2.5 at home. I don't want to see a game that's under 46 in the conference title game, to be fair, but it's quite possible that it happens with those two defenses. But I'm going to say that with the big play capability of these two teams, we're gonna see more points we may not see the same kind of like long sustained drives from each side but I think we're gonna see points in this game so I'm gonna take the Niners to cover the two and a half for sure might as well just take them to win outright if I follow my logic from the regular season where I tried to hedge these bets too much like oh Philly's gonna win by a point like if I think it's gonna be a one-point game I might as well take the underdog right (laughs) yeah but, yeah, heading into the playoffs, I had said that the Niners, to me, were the, the scariest team. Not unbeatable, but the scariest. I know the Eagles are going to, you know, take exception to that, but I got friends that are Niners fans. Like, one of my oldest friends is an Eagle fan, and I don't know. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl more recently, though, so just, you know, Niners. The, I guess the Niners win would mean more to more people that I know. What do you think? You think, think the Eagles are taking us down at home?
1: I mean, I don't know. This is one that I don't really. <laughs> this is one I really don't know either. Um, I, I would agree that I kind of feel like 49ers just because of how they've been playing. But then also this weird turn of fate where, you know, they are in Philly. So. Did the Eagles want to lose at home in this game? I mean, obviously, neither of them want to lose, but I, I don't know. I think it's a toss-up as far as who's got the most, not passion, but drive to, like, get this done for this game.
0: Yeah, I think with the Niners having, like, been knocking on the door for several years recently, you know, they went to a Super Bowl, they played in the conference title game, Last year, so now they're in the conference title game for the third year in four years. So they're like, they're in there, we need to win a championship now type of window. <clears throat> and I think that experience is going to aid them at this point. So we'll see. And it's not Jimmy G like out there making maybe like really bad uh, th- decisions with his arm in a in a big game like Purdy might make a bad decision but we'll see he's been pretty damn good so far and i'm curious to see the defense that's gonna finally make him look like a rookie and we haven't seen it yet so if anybody can do it it's the eagles though so give me a final answer
1: i don't want to Um, just
0: do it it's fine
1: i'm gonna say i don't know
0: pick one of the two teams.
1: Can I change my pick later?
0: Uh, yeah, that's fine. Just give me an answer right now.
1: I'm going to say Eagles.
0: Alright, so we're split.
1: Alright, I'm going to say I want to say 49ers, but I feel like because I'm saying 49ers, the Eagles will win.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Reds picks. Rids is back on the home teams. She's taking the Eagles. All right, well, that leaves us with only one game left, and that's the Bengals at the Chiefs. Again. Again, which is now taking place at, I guess, what's being called Burrowhead.
1: <laughs> Instead of Arrowhead.
0: Instead of Arrowhead. <laughs> I mean, obviously jokingly, but Joe Burrow's never lost to the Chiefs. as a starter, beat them in Kansas City in the AFC title game last year, beat them uh, during the regular season this year and last year. So this is the fourth time they're playing, and all three of the games have gone the same way. The Chiefs have the lead in every game, and the Bengals figure them out, and they set traps, and then the Bengals get to work in the second half, and the Chiefs' defense is not equipped to handle the physicality of the Bengals. And in their meeting earlier this year, like, Joe Mixon wasn't even playing, and Samadji P. Ryan just ran the defense over. Like, the Chiefs defense did not want to tackle him at the end of the game. Um, so it's not that, like, Mahomes and Kelsey and their offense is incapable. I mean, Kelsey did fumble the, like, fumbled the game away. They had the lead and the ball, I think, in the fourth quarter in that first matchup. Might have been the third quarter, but they had the ball and the lead going down the field to increase their lead and he fumbled and the Bengals capitalized and once they took over they took over and that was it um, but all the games have been close it's never like oh joe burrow's gone in there and just like completely smashed right through them the chiefs are obviously not going to lay down at home and they're one and a half point favorites but it's it's styles you know there's a saying in combat sports of styles make fights And I think we saw it in the Bills game with the Bengals. And I was telling this to you that the Bengals are an AFC North team. And you look at Cleveland, you look at Baltimore, you look at Pittsburgh, like all those teams are run the ball, punch you in the mouth type of football teams. And the Bengals are the most finesse of that group. You know, the Bengals throw the ball better than anybody uh, in that Division, They have more, like, receiving weapons, but they still have to be able to play that run-dominant style of football. And it's like trial by fire, you know? So when they play a, a Chiefs team or a Bills team, it's like those teams don't play to the same level of physicality that those AFC North teams do, and it shows. And so it's like if that's the secret formula for what it takes to vanquish them then the Bengals have it figured out but they also the Bengals adjust really really well and they make uh very good defensive choices especially after halftime and that was something that really bothered the Chiefs in the second half of the title game last season and I think it's part of the reason why the Chiefs invested in Isaiah Pacheco and having him in the backfield instead of edwards hilaire having uh, Pacheco and McKinnon, it's like you have two uh, more physical running backs that are willing to play that style of football. Because you're going to have to control the clock, you're going to have to limit possessions. Um, it's not going to be a track meet. Like you don't have Tyree Kill anymore. So if you have to like pick advantages of like who's got the better receiving weapons, I mean, I would say Cincinnati because you have Chase and Higgins who are both like number one receivers higgins had a ton of like i think he had like almost 1300 yards this year maybe that's a little too much but t higgins had a number one year because chase missed some time but then when chase is on the field like he can take the top off of defense you can throw him that back shoulder fade he can leap up and go get it he's got great hands and he plays super physical himself so if he catches a screen like he's gonna he's gonna look for contact on guys um And I think that's where Kansas City really has to be careful because I don't think Kansas City's secondary is good I haven't seen it this season like they've gotten beaten coverage in a lot of games their front four and their front seven is not bad like Chris Jones obviously very very good Um, one of the best if not the best interior D lineman in the game right now and he's always causing havoc which really benefits uh, the secondary and the linebackers but I think they got Willie Gay back as well so they're they're healthy-ish, and their defense uh, is better now than it was earlier in the season. So it's going to be interesting, but you still... Yeah, Edwards-Lair is not going to play. Kelsey's questionable. Hartman's questionable. Justin Watson's questionable. Uh, but the Chiefs are still missing Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams on the offensive line. So, uh, excuse me, the Bengals are missing those guys. I might have said Chiefs, but the Bills were unable to take advantage of those guys being out. And the weather really kind of slowed down that advantage as well. Like the Bills were not able to create enough pressure on Burrow effectively. And then they were losing their footing on the defensive end, so a lot of guys were getting open. It doesn't look like, I mean, it looks like cloudy and cold, but unless it's raining or snowing, as long as the game is in uh, like favorable conditions territory, I think that probably favors the Chiefs in that regard because the Chiefs run a lot more um, deceptive looks on offense. They'll, They'll line up in weird formations, they'll put Travis Kelsey in Wildcat, they'll run a bunch of underneath shovel stuff, and it's like those are risks you can't take as readily when it's snowing or pouring rain whereas the Bengals are like hey we're gonna line up we're gonna run the football we're gonna play three wide and we're gonna play like very sound fundamental football and we're gonna play it very physically and make you break and so it's like two different coaching philosophies going at it here and I think that's gonna be what I'm most intrigued to watch is can Andy Reid figure out a coach that is a lot younger than him that has his number and a staff that really understands like how to get Mahomes into trouble. Um, But like both of these teams have very good quarterbacks. Uh, Both of these teams have very good receiving weapons, but I think there's a significant gap between Travis Kelsey and the next receiver on the team. I mean, it's not like Juju Smith-Schuster is bad, but if you're ranking all of the available receiving talent, he would be fourth, maybe fifth. You know, you'd probably go, like, Chase, then Kelsey, then Higgins, and then Juju and Boyd get into the conversation, and you go from there. Um, So the weaponry is fairly evenly split. Um, The Bengals' defense has given up fewer points on the season, and they only gave up 10 to a pretty damn good Bills offense that has had success in the snow, that scored... 34 points in the snow the week before so there is a blueprint there and you know the Bengals have figured out how to put the handcuffs on these quarterbacks a little bit and if it weren't for Eli Apple being such an ass after the Bills game it's like hey I'd be cheering for the Bengals to vanquish the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl and get a weird Niners-Bengals-Super Bowl rematch. But honestly, like I think I would prefer the Niners or the Eagles to beat either of these teams now. And it's nothing against Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. For the most part, I like Mixon, Chase, Higgins, but uh, Eli Apple's an ass.
1: I saw a weird statistic, and I don't know why they tracked this, that Burrow is 11-0... and Winning games under like 30 or 40 degree weather, and it's supposed to be 22 degrees tomorrow, but I don't know why they track that.
0: Uh, just because, like, you know, you need numbers to support things, and it's like, hey, it's nice to have a quarterback that when the seasons change and it gets cold late in the season, like, he. yeah he doesn't he's not affected by the cold and i think that's part of the reason the bills got josh allen was because it's like he played in wyoming so they wanted a guy who was like cold weather ready but the bills have a lot of work to do besides that but it's not time to get into that i had a whole episode about that already (laughs) you can listen to my buffalo blues episode if you want could use some listeners over there um (laughs)
1: we digress we digress
0: uh kansas city's favored by a point and a half over under 48 i would like this game to go over too um and you know these teams usually play in high scoring games even weather aside so i want to say over 48 and until proven otherwise i gotta take the Bengals here
1: i'm gonna take Bengals too also, what's going on with Mahomes? I feel like he, he should not be playing this he's week. He's not
0: on the injury report, so I don't know what they did. I'm guessing that they sawed his leg off and gave him a robot <laughs> foot, um, I mean. because like his ankle injury was pretty bad last week. So there, there's two things that could realistically be the case. He is like has super freaky loose ligaments, and he's fine.
1: Like he says.
0: Like he says and he's not wearing the walking boot or he's up to his eye holes in painkillers and looking fine on like in public but then behind closed doors they're injecting the shit out of his foot with cortisone to make him not feel it and it's i think it's more of a gamesmanship thing of like if we list him on the injury report or if we acknowledge that he's like badly hurt it's going to change the way that the Bengals like want to play us like if it's if he's fine then they have to respect that he's healthy and like capable of playing the game in a certain way so they can't like just attack him right but if I'm the Bengals I'm going right after him anyway like just blitz him and see if he can move to start the game
1: yeah I mean anyone without a medical degree especially seeing that injury and the high ankle sprain um with Other players, too, I understand, like, he's in good shape, but I just don't see how that's possible or how anyone would just assume, like, oh, yeah, he's totally fine. That's not a big deal of an injury. He's going to be normal Mahomes on Sunday. Like, that just doesn't make common sense to me.
0: No, it doesn't. And it's like, is he capable of playing through an ankle injury and being effective? Of course he is. I mean, like, he's going to be banged up throughout the course of the season to a degree one way or the other. So with the ankle thing, it's like, it's just a mobility issue. Like he can stand in the pocket and he can throw, but it's like, can he plant off his back foot and really like drive the ball downfield? Can he really like force it into some tight spots? Can he do some of the more acrobatic type of throws that we've seen from him? Because if not, and you'd limit him to being a more standard quarterback, like does the Chiefs offense even function in the same way? Because he's relied so heavily on his, like, no-look passes and his, like, jumping splits passes and some of this stuff. Like, those are the plays that, like, really, like, break big for the Kansas City offense, so...
1: Yeah, and if he's already going to be conservative in whatever of those moves that he can or can't play, the Bengals will know and go after that i would assume like they're not going to just be like oh he's not listed and so he's in great condition
0: it's more about like how you respect the preparation like because like say you knew he couldn't move the pocket right there's certain types of defenses that maybe you don't practice because you're not worried about him being a mobile threat but in the instance of like listing him as like full participant no injury it's like okay well we have to like practice the full extent of like what we expect to see from them yeah and so you know you thin out certain things but yeah if I'm the Bengals like it's the first time the Chiefs touch the ball I'm blitzing all the time until he shows me that he can actually punish it because like it's gonna be a long enough game you might as well go after him early and see if he responds and if this is why I said it's going to be such an interesting, like, coaching matchup, because you're Andy Reid, like, you're going to have to really, like, you know your guy, you saw him get hurt, you know his limitations better than the Bengals do, so you're really going to have to focus in on, like, how you utilize your run game, um, the kinds of quick passes you want to get out, you're probably going to run a lot of, like, screen game as well, uh, Jarrett McKinnon's a very good blocker, you're probably going to have him in the game a lot for that purpose, and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. It is. But I'm going with the Bengals until the Chiefs uh, prove me wrong in that regard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say I feel the same as far as this is a. This is a. This could be either of them game. I don't think it's heavily obvious which one, but I'm going to go Bengals and also assume that means Chiefs will win.
0: Yeah, well. I mean, you look at the spread, and the combined spread for both of these games is four points. Wow. Yeah, where the Bills were favored, I think, by five and a half over uh, Cincinnati last week. So be careful about picking them favorites at home this week, everybody. But, you know, that's it. I got to get to Ritz picks for this week, though, or for at least for the second game. Ritz picks. Ritz is taking the Chiefs at home. You could hear her in the background she was saying you gotta get my picks in mm-hmm. you guys forgot you're almost running out of time you need to get the Ritz picks in
1: yeah you were taking too long to get to her pick
0: I know that's why she started barking um, <laughs> alright well that's it easy peasy lemon squeezy today uh, there's only those two games so the football season's almost over as much as I love football I am glad it has been it's been a long season
1: It has been a weird time warp of a long season. and also feels like it just started.
0: Yeah. Well, the extra week on the end of the season, too, is like now it's 18 weeks and it's only the second year of it being 18 weeks. so Rude. Rude indeed. Um, But all right. Well, enjoy the games. We're going to go catch a movie. We're going to chill. Yeah. And then you're going to be my guest on a bad movies. We love episode.
1: Yeah. When are we doing that?
0: I don't know. We can do it sometime when we have free time that isn't tonight because we're taking up our time.
1: Okay.
0: We should do a show where we just review the movies that we get home from the movie theater and sit down and talk about the movies. Okay. That'd be good. But I need to start, what, a sixth podcast to make that happen? (laughs) Holy Christ. Um,
1: Podcast Junkie.
0: Podcast Junkie. Uh, If that's not a name for a podcast service, someone should take that. But anyway... We're waiting on what we always wait for at the end of the episode. Say it!
1: Happy Football Sunday.
0: Yay! There it is. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care, and... if your team's still in the playoffs, I... don't wish them luck. <laughs> but I hope for some good competitive games and that, uh... Everybody whose team is not in the playoffs can still enjoy the playoffs a little bit. All right, take care, everybody. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. I do appreciate it, and I do believe that word of mouth is still the best way to help, so if you liked what you heard, then please tell somebody. But... Otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff helps too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at nick at or at Scheiss podcast on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills.